Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune, Ryan Finley. He's my boss, sports editor of the Union Tribune. I'm in New York City at Padres, Yankees, three-game series. Feels a lot better for the Padres after what happened in the ninth inning yesterday. Don't know. Don't know what the Padres are going to do going forward. Anybody who thinks they can predict that, you're an idiot. Uh, because I've been there. I thought I could predict what they were going to do. Up. Oh. Raising my hand, I'm an idiot. Ryan, uh, there is a, there's a lot to get into. We got, I mean, the Yankees are an intriguing team, a hot team. Uh, after a slow start, they're you know what we thought they were. Uh, so, where do you want to start? Well, I, I think we have to start with uh, with Brugnet Odor and his his heroics yesterday. Like you said, Kevin, you know, there's no way to tell whether or not this is going to be a turning point for a team that hasn't played very well, or if this is just a lucky break against a bad team. But certainly what he did yesterday was significant. Take me through his final at bat and then some of the things that he told you after the game. Well, he's smart enough to know he's going to get a fastball from a guy who throws 100 miles an hour. It's like I've been telling you, and I'm not trying to look. I'm wrong a lot, okay? Uh, anybody who follows this game and puts their neck out uh, is going to be wrong a lot. Uh, I've been telling you the guy gives you a professional at bat. That's why he's still in the league, all right? He's not in the league because A.J. Preller loves former Rangers. Though, it, you know, he's kind of a Padre, kind of, because of that. He does, he does but yeah. You know, they needed a veteran uh, to gives them depth. It was a smart move. Even though they were loaded, we all were like, what? Rooting at our doors here. Weird. Uh, and uh, But it made sense. And and obviously, you know, with Hassan Kim and, and Manny Machado down now, Great move. This guy's 11 RBIs in the last four games. The Padres have won three of their last four games. He is, uh, what he started, three for 30. Hold on a second. Three for 31. He's 12 for 37 cents, okay, with three doubles, three home runs. It was almost like I, look, two things. I called the eighth inning as I'm sitting there and Brandon Dixon let off. I said, this isn't going anywhere. I could have been wrong. When Rugnet Dork came up, I'm like, yeah, okay. And I got two two screens going, right? I got my losing story and my winning story. That's something people don't understand, all right? Um, rewriting like five times yesterday. I said, you know what? Rugnet Odor is going to do something here because that's what he does. Now, I'm not saying it's going to continue. The guy hit 199 over the previous three seasons. There's a reason he was available. The reason he's making 800 grand. But that's what he's doing right now. I love this guy, not because of what he did yesterday, but because like he believes he's going to do, and it's what he brings to this team. Sure, and, and like you wrote in the Padre Daily Newsletter today, he carries himself like that guy who's hitting 30 home runs. He's carrying himself like the guy who punched out Jose Bautista, and I'm sure that he probably gets sick and tired of talking about that. But he carries himself like a guy a couple inches taller than what, – what do we think he is in real life, 5'9"? Five, 5'9". Nine? Five, nine. Five, nine? Okay, so, yep. But but he's I mean he's got some that. swag he's got some swag doesn't he Yeah, he, he really yeah. does and you noticed it like almost as soon as the season started that that other players gravitate toward him and it's funny Jake Cronenworth will be the first to tell you you know I'm older than him uh, because Rugnet Odor has been in the league this is his tenth season um, but it was what twenty nine um, he, but he's a veteran and and he's a good guy. And you can see guys like Fernando Tatis and uh, uh, fellow Venezuelan Jose Azokar like gravitate toward him. And you started to see uh, Azo- or, uh, 
Odor is the guy on the top step during the game. And then he's, the, and even when he's not playing, uh, he's the first guy out of the dugout to greet guys. He's, he, I mean, he's just an active guy. He's a team guy. That stems from Texas. That stems from um, uh, Ian Kinsler and uh, Beltre. The guys on uh, the Rangers, when they were going through a real good stretch, had really good players. That That's important to those guys. Uh, and, and like I just, I was saying this again. I mean, I, I just was um, when he wasn't producing really, you know, now at three for 31, I'm like, how close are we from DFA in this guy? Right. Mm-hmm. But like, I was saying this a long time ago, like this is a good guy to have on your team. If he can give you anything at all. Mm-hmm. And now this is a bonus. Absolutely. And it's funny, Kevin, are you sick yet of me texting you every time he does something good? And going, you were right about this guy. Because I think I've done that about six times in the last week. Well, since I don't hear that very much, um, <laughs> then no, I like it. <laughs> Ultimate good news, bad news situation. Because as we know, Kevin, a couple San Diego natives over here, the Padres can't have nice things sometimes. Odor is going to play a lot more because of what happened to Hassan Kim yesterday. Yeah. I was listening to that game on the radio, hearing a man scream. I mean, I didn't see it. I was listening to it. You, the mics picked up him screaming for like what felt like 15 seconds. Um, it looked bad. Um, looks like it scared him a little bit, but early yeah. returns are it's not as bad as uh, people had feared. He's was limping. He's uh, uh, got a bruise on his yeah. left knee. It is, yes, as you said, it was as bad as you've ever seen. And and I think that as, as almost anyone had ever seen of someone fouling a ball off of themselves, like in terms of the reaction, the pain that he was in, having to be helped off. Um, you know, guys leave uh, after fouling balls off uh, their foot or their knee or whatever, but like to be helped off. And you know, he thought it was really bad. Mm-hmm. We don't know. A bruise. Like how long could it be? It could be a week. I mean, the guy could go on the I.L., Uh, Or he could be back by Sunday. Right. So uh, and that would be good because, you know, Manny Machado, probably at least Sunday. Uh, Mm -hmm. He hasn't started hitting yet, Um, uh, as in uh, hitting live. uh, Manny Mm -hmm. has not. So other than that, looking pretty good that you get uh, those guys back, say, by Miami at the latest. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah. For uh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. that, That it was only. And again, I know these things can change day to day. But when he was being carried off the field, I sort of thought, hey, are we going to see Hassan Kim again this year? And, you know, and, and for it. The only reason that, I did it is because it was a foul ball. It's like, well, wait, right. like what what happened here? But I, man, you bang, bang your knee on a desk right now. Do it, Ryan. Do it. Absolutely not. <laughs> That's what Absolutely. it was. I mean, the guy, you know, he, he took one. Right. Yeah. Oh, what boy. Brandon Dixon did. Yeah. Was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, he's and he's somebody, again, who we've been waiting on to, to do something. Right. And, right. and has been in a kind of like Odor is probably in a position that he didn't think he'd been be in at the beginning of the year. Fans probably are not used to depending on guys like Odor and Brandon Dixon to, to perform. But it seems like he's starting to come around after like Odor, a really rough start. Yeah, not used to per, uh, uh, counting on them to perform since the Padres got good at, you know, right. because this, you know, Brandon Dixon was your your, your guy in 2017, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, hey, give Jeff Sanders credit on this. He's been kind of saying, you know, that uh, that he thought like that Dixon was was about there. Uh, I mean, now it's no Odor prediction, but, you know, good job, Jeff. Uh, but well, now this is just Murrieta looking out for Murrieta. 
I mean, come on. Come on. Uh, but no, that was good. Hey, you don't look at AAA numbers uh, so mm. much. But that guy was really good last mm. year consistently. And that's why they brought him up at the end of the season. Didn't really get a good look. Uh, wasn't going to get one this year. And, right. and injuries happen. It's a good bench guy. I, mm. I, I know that people get like, and that's why there was this vitriol toward uh, Odor. I, I, when, when it's so frustrating that no one on the team can hit, you look all sorts of places, and why is Rudin Odor on this team? What's Brandon Dixon doing starting? Right. You know, overlooking the fact that who else? You know, exactly. who else? Yeah. Uh, exactly. And overlooking the fact that, you no, know, how about the guys making, you know, with more zeros? Like sometimes two more zeros uh, yeah. in, in their uh, salaries uh, are, how about those guys do something? Absolutely. And you know, Brandon Dixon's smart because he has a University of Arizona degree. So there, there's oh, that I thought too. anyone could go there now. <laughs> oh, no, that's right. That's Arizona State. That's Arizona State. That's a different place. They but just hand out degrees. Why there. anyone would ever want to live in Tucson, <laughs> that is where you have to really question their, uh, especially like, can you imagine someone from San Diego choosing to live in Tucson? I mean, brutal, brutal, brutal. Only, for, Kevin, in fairness, only for 18 years before oh. moving back. So, you know. Only for 18 years before moving back. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned the guys with lots of zeros in, in their salaries um, in, in the expectation that they hit. You had some numbers today about Juan Soto. I think it's safe to say that he is who we thought he would be at this point. Um, and continues to reach base. But did he walk four times yesterday? Yeah. Listen, I just looking at this right now, maybe those of you watching live can tell that I'm not looking at the screen necessarily. Juan Soto, over the last 24 games, that's 108 plate appearances, has an 1168 OPS. So uh, before we got on the show, I uh, uh, before we started, I um, wanted to look at where that ranks in terms of his 24-game uh, you know, a 24-game span in his career. Unfortunately, my search did not go through, but I can guarantee you it's not the top. Like, this isn't – like, this is just Juan Soto. That's yeah. my point. Right. I really would love to give you some numbers on that, like where it ranks but in his career, but I can't. But I will Well, I will guarantee you this is just Juan Soto. This isn't like, uh, you know, a guy going on a tear. This is mm-hmm. who he is. I don't know if it'll last. It, it, mm-hmm. it feels like, though, baseball – and that's what's been so confounding about the Padres, right? I mean, that's the whole back of the baseball card thing. Like, history tells you more than in so many sports. Like, mm-hmm. what a guy's going to do. This appears to be who the Padres have now. Sure. I mean, it, it seems Xander Bogarts could right. get a hit with, with Soto on base because Soto's on base at a 509 clip over those 24 games. Sure. No, that's a great point. That's a great point. And yeah, I mean, Machado, when he comes back, Obviously, I mean, you would think that if he is what his, his the stats on his baseball card say, that there's something like this coming from Machado at some point this summer. Always um, been so true of Machado that, like, goes on a tear and stays on it for right. a month. Right. And he's streaky. I mean, when, even when he's, he's healthy, streaky. he's a streaky dude. I mean, but nobody the streaks are incredible, and the lows don't get to what they've been right. this year. Right. No, that's a great point. And that's, that's a Hall of Fame player. Incredible streaks. Don't let it become one for 20, one for 12. Right. And, well, and you, right. And you know how that we know that because he tells you that, right. That the, that the great ones yeah. don't go one for 20, two for 35. Right. But he has been really for the first time in a while. I mean, is it for yeah. his first time as a Padre? 
um, in 2019, there were some bad, uh, there was some bad stuff there. So, sure. uh, you know, maybe it's, um, you know, let's just, I'll just point out the, the, the obvious. Manny Machado had an incredible year in 2018. Huge contract. Not so good a year in 2019. Manny Machado had an incredible 2022. Huge contract. Hasn't been so great in 23. The Padres right. and their fans can only hope that, you know, that turns around. Absolutely. And he, he seems to be taking some steps back toward playing, um, yeah. maybe? or Yeah, okay. Yeah, he looks pretty good. I mean, Manny's not exactly – I didn't – I didn't see Manny other than in the dugout yesterday. So, uh, so couldn't really ask him. Uh, he's not the most forthcoming when he's injured, uh, but he, I have seen him look just fine doing ground balls. Uh, he has done soft toss, but he has, as far as I know, and as far as Bob Melvin knew, uh, Manny has not uh, taken uh, like live. He has not faced live hitting soft toss only. Mm-hmm. There is some thought that he could, if not make it worse, um, could, could, would delay the healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, obviously if he's playing, something bad could happen, but also like they don't necessarily want him to have to just grit his teeth, you know, it's like, is that going to be effective Manny Machado? Uh, understand oh, no. people want to know when he's going to be healed. He will not be hundred percent healed for several weeks, but that's not guys come back before they're hundred percent healed. It will be a pain tolerance thing. And one thing, you know, about Manny uh, Machado, especially if all you knew was last year with the ankle, uh, he has a high pain tolerance. He'll be back as soon as he can. Sure. We are 15 minutes into this podcast, Kevin, and I'm not sure we've said the word New York Yankees yet. <laughs> Padres playing in Yankee Stadium, not that Yankee Stadium, but the new Yankee Stadium. Padres playing in Yankee Stadium today. Uh, Three-game series starting, you know, 4 o'clock San Diego time. Uh, today, what do we know about the Yankees? And and again, does this mean, does this mean more? Hey, please slap me down if I'm being media guy cliche. Does playing at Yankee Stadium against the Yankees matter more? than playing the Orioles in Baltimore or the Cubs in Chicago. Yeah, I, I think that you you absolutely. I think that's one of those things you definitely find out from guys that it does. Um for for sure. Um it's it's New York, right? Uh I mean I think of Joe Musgrove, right? Um he really wanted to pitch against the Mets. Well this is a second best, right? Uh you know he he guys want to perform here for sure. And it, it, it does feel, look, it, it just feels bigger. Like stuff happens here. And then the media makes things out of, you know, close to nothing. And, right. and it's just bigger uh, here. Right. It is. Um, so yeah, with, without a doubt, um, again, we're at that point, this almost goes without saying though, you know, after you say something like that, you say, this goes without saying, and then you say it. And then uh, you say it, right. Wherever they're at, the Padres know that, that man, they just they just need to win. And I'll sure. tell you what, they're facing uh, the, the Yankees have the best bullpen, and they do mm-hmm. face Garrett Cole on on Sunday, and they face uh, Luis Severino, who's back from a lat uh, strain or whatever it was that kept him out. He's only made one start, and he was pretty good against the Reds at right. that start. Um, but tonight they face Randy Vasquez, making his, uh, I believe, major league debut. He's a kid who, uh, uh, you know, has been good in in AAA recently. Walks a lot. That is the profile of a pitcher that the Padres do well against. Uh, right now, they don't do well against guys they've never seen before, generally. Uh, but uh, a pitcher that walks a lot, a right-handed pitcher that has a trouble with walks. The Padres are the best in baseball at exploiting uh, those pitchers. And so, you know, 
Uh, it's good. Don't face Garrett Cole till Sunday. Let's let's say that. Get to the starters. The Yankees bullpen is the best in baseball. Jeez. <laughs> but the Yan- I mean, Yankees are good. I, I, Kevin, I, I don't know about you. I have the Yankees playing in the World Series this year in, in our preseason <laughs> projections. I won't tell you who I had them playing in the World Series because you'll laugh at me. But, you know, to me, this was going to be a World Series preview type series, Padres. Um, okay, I would never laugh at you. Predictions are stupid and we all look <laughs> dumb when we make them for the most part. Uh, the Yankees have holes in their lineup. They do. Yeah. But they have Aaron Judge with 14 home runs. Anthony Rizzo with 11 home runs. Uh, uh I think it's Torres has nine. Uh, they have some guys that are producing, and uh, it's a dangerous park to play in. Padres have been prone to the homer. Weirdly, more at Petco Park than on the road. Uh, Joe Musgrove needs to get right. You got him going today. Michael Walker. Padres hope he stays hot. And then you Darvish, who's been, you know, been good, but hasn't been maybe you Darvish. Uh, he'll right. go against Cole, a, what, we, what you would think. I mean, like a real primetime matchup even though it's yeah. at one. Right. <laughs> 10 a.m. 10 a.m. in San Diego. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it, one guy who, I mean, this is a homecoming for Tom Cosgrove. Born yeah. in the Bronx, born in the Bronx, but raised a Mets fan, of all things. You know, we're probably jinxing him by just talking about it, but this is a guy who's been pretty unhittable so far in his big league career. I know you've had a chance to talk to him a little bit. Cool story. Cool story in May, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, real uh, interesting, and they always are. That that's one thing that goes without saying. The Q and A's that Annie Heilbrin does uh, that that posted this morning with Tom Cosgrove, who did uh, was raised on Staten Island, but 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 uh, was in the Bronx till he was eight, uh, and I believe his dad is, is from the Bronx. So like, and and you know, forget jinxes. That's one thing I'll say about Tom Cosgrove. I have a dad who's uh, from well, my dad, not a dad, <laughs> my dad. He's from New you York, dad. and there's just yeah. this thing about like whatever. You know, there's East Coast cool, and Tom Cosgrove is that. It's, you know, uh, here's what I love. I love this about Tom Cosgrove, and I knew it's what he was doing, but he flat out said it the other night. I was in my newsletter, uh, or maybe it was a notebook, but I think it was a newsletter. He watched guy after guy that he knew, maybe better than him in the minor leagues. He knew their stuff, and they did what so many rookies do. They came up and they weren't the same pitcher. They nibbled. They were basically afraid, right? Mm-hmm. And Tom Cosgrove's like, I'm not going to do that. And he hasn't. The guy's mm-hmm. just gone after no matter who he's faced. Now, he hasn't been in high leverage situations, but he's faced really good hitters and he's done a really good job. And they've been starting to put him in some more high leverage situations. And um, yeah, it is. It's a neat story. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, uh, again, I, I don't know what happens as they start to move him if they do uh, into some more higher leverage situations. Uh, what he continues to do, certainly, he will allow a run at some point in his major league career. Uh, Probably, I think, yeah. I think, I think that's I think that's fantastic and really cool that he that he uh, gets to come home because there's not a lot of players from here. There's some good players uh, that have come out of New York City. You know, it's not like the, those of us growing up in San Diego where there was a field all over the place and you got to play year round, right? I mean, this guy went to Manhattan College. Uh, I, I, the Jaspers. I, Go Jaspers. Yeah. You are one of those guys, aren't you? You know. I am. Well, you covered college basketball. You were at a college town forever. Uh, you're one of those guys who knows nicknames, aren't you? Oh, yeah. They're green and black. Good basketball team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sort of probably had them out there when you were on the beat to beat up one time, didn't they? 
<laughs> probably one of those buy games, right? Hey, here's uh, 50 grand. Come here, lose by 30. Uh, Kevin, you, you said it, so I'm going to backtrack on this. Your dad's a New York guy. You grew up following the Yankees, didn't you? Yes, probably more so that uh, because when I grew up, and we're talking about so me playing Little League and becoming a baseball uh, junkie was late 70s early 80s right now in 1984 when Steve Garvey hit the home run I realized I'm from San Diego and I kind of caught the fever a little bit right but my Yankee fandom lasted for a long time just because when you're a kid that's what happens but they were the team on TV all the time it was Yankees Dodgers there was this thing called Monday Night Baseball with Howard Cosell there was Saturday morning baseball and you're sitting there and, and I remember being on the couch and you got your bat and your glove and your Yankees fake Yankees hat you know they even make those anymore it's last time you saw a kid wearing the little plastic helmet uh, but you, it was the the Yankees were the team that were on. I, I guess you know at some point I could have become a Braves or a a Cubs fan with WGN TBS, but it was the Yankees. And by the way, they had all the players. Yeah, they did. They did. If you liked if you liked good players and if you liked good teams, the Yankees were pretty awesome. Yeah, don't hate me because of this. Like um, you, as a San Diegan, right? You love that you go to a town and people from there, and especially kids, are wearing a Tatis jersey. Well, right. in my day, Reggie Jackson was, you know, there was no Tatis. It was, Reggie Jackson was that guy. And so uh, that that's, I was a Yankees fan. It's so funny, too, just the way I think of things. You know, I still think of the Yankees as, what was that phrase? I think Larry Lucchino came up with it. Was it the evil empire? Yeah. Right? I still think of the Yankees as the evil empire and as the Padres, as, you know, David with a slingshot. <laughs> he was a, as a media member, and I did get a little. Um, I did get a little o- over the years, right? Like y- your mm-hmm. your players leave all the time, right? Right. And 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 so I just kind of learned, like, you know what? I'm more of a fan of the game. I'm more right. a fan of players, right? Like I'm more a fan of like watching awesomeness, and and so mm-hmm. more than of a team, let's say, right? Sure. Like I didn't bleed. Like I didn't make an appointment to go to a bar to watch the Yankees or something, um, right. but. Uh, I do remember as a fan of good stories and all that, um, you know, I used to make up leagues and, 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 and all that, like that's, I guess why I'm a sports writer. Right. Um, and I couldn't hit a curveball, So, you know, here we are. Uh, but I remember when the uh, Luis Gonzalez, right. Hit mm-hmm. the single. Yep. Like absolutely. 2001. I was on the couch with my wife and here I am a Yankees fan and they're in the heart. I, was like, yeah, it was like this Ooh. involuntary thing. I just thought it was so cool that he did that. Right. Like, so that's the kind of Yankees fan I am, by the way. Like, I was getting tired of them dominating baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, what, that's what that's what I think makes this series so interesting to me. Is No longer is this David versus Goliath. I mean, the, the, the Padres have $240 million payroll. <laughs> they have you Darvish starting. They have Joe Musgrove is making $20 million a year starting. They've got Juan Soto. They've got Xander Bogarts. I mean, it goes Mets, Yankees, Padres in payroll. So, I mean, this could be, it, it, and again, it's May. It, it matters, but it doesn't. Is this the first time since 1998 where these two teams get on the field together and you go, yeah, the Padres can hang? Yeah, and even in 1998, no, they couldn't, <laughs> right? I mean, right, even in right. 1998. Like we all look back at the bad strike call and all that, or the, you know, you know like, wait. Mark Langston, yeah. Was yeah, it yeah. really, I mean, was it really going to make a difference? I mean, right. maybe. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, 
can't for sure answer that question based on I can't remember if like in 05, uh, 06, sure. if they played them. I, I don't think they did. And regardless, probably still weren't uh something on par with them. Uh, certainly not on par with them right now, but you have this thought like, I mean, I, I have not wavered on it. Like I've always thought that the Padres are still a playoff team. Uh, mm-hmm. You have to start asking yourself questions uh, every day that passes and they look like garbage. Uh, and, and, and I would say that there really haven't been too many days that they've looked like garbage. The last two days have not been great defensively. Right. The bullpen blew up yesterday, still has the best ERA by far uh, in in the month of May of any bullpen. Um, And, you know, but defensively, some bizarre plays. Uh, They got to clean that up, but I don't think you have anything to worry about there. I think their starting pitching is something to really, really keep an eye on. I think we talked about that last uh, last Mm -hmm. podcast. This will be an interesting series. Uh, here, Joe Musgrove going. Does Michael Walker pick it up? The you Darvish, you know. So, what else you got for me, man? Now, I think that's that's where I'm at right now. Yankee pinstripes, then best uniforms in baseball, or no? Hard to argue, man. Hard to argue. You know, I was big champion of the brown. Love the brown. I'm gonna put. I I have come full circle. When I first saw the uniforms, I said. Mm-hmm. The players and the fans are going to love the alternate road, which it turned into the Padres' primary road, which is the sand pinstripes. And those were my favorite. Probably because they've been worn so rarely, the brown tops are now my favorite. That rich brown. That's probably my favorite uniform in baseball. It's so funny. The road primary. It's become the Padres' road alternate, but it's officially their official road uniform. It was, to me, almost jarring to see the Padres wearing it in D.C., I, I, you almost forget that they have it. Um, they tried to mix it up after that last road trip, and and they won the first one. So then Ryan Weathers put it on again the next day. The starting pitcher gets the pick, right. and uh, and then they lost. So back to the pinstripes yesterday. You know the uniform exactly. might not matter. No, Kevin, the uniform matters. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> That's why they never won in the in in the blue and white and whatever was going on in the Andy Green era. It wasn't the players. The Yankees is so freaking classic, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and and I'm all for the the patches that they have up here, right? Because look, if if you're a Padres fan, like you want to have a 246 million dollar payroll, like you should be in favor of them selling like eight patches on the uniform. All right, like who cares? Turn this into like European soccer, okay? Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm kidding. But like my point is, you know, got to make money, right? My buddy Tyler Kepner was a Yankees beat writer, East Coast guy, grew up a Phillies fan, but covered the Yankees, uh, now the national base writer for the New York Times, is apoplectic about the uniform patches. Freaking, I mean, he just thinks like almost, I'm exaggerating, but it's ruined baseball, right? And I just think it's so funny. Uh, But you know what? The Yankees shouldn't have a patch, man. That uniform... Yeah, that shouldn't. I get it about that. If what you're looking at most of the time is the Yankees, they shouldn't have a patch. Right. I would say Dodgers, Cubs, Yankees should be patchless. I don't really care about anybody else. Yeah. Keep the classic Red Sox, but they wear that yellow uniform so much, it doesn't seem like their uni's like all that important to them. So, City Connect. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Kevin, we're up on the 30 minute mark. You've got to get to Yankee Stadium, which to me just sounds super fun. Great way to spend a Friday night. So I will let you go. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Hot Lava Podcast. For Kevin Hayes, I'm Ryan Finley. We'll see you next time.